Well, my name is Andrew Gomison. My mother is Uncle Dan's sister. Or, my mother is, is Mr. Arm's sister. Uh, and so that's how I'm related to the Arm's family. And I just want to start out by telling you a Bible story, or talking about a Bible story that's very important to me. And uh, how many of you here today have heard of the story of Moses? Anybody? That, that's one of my favorite stories. And the, I think that uh, a lot of what Moses went through, I have gone through in my life in one form or another. If you remember anything about the story of Moses, you remember that Moses was raised by who? Who raised Moses? Anybody remember? What happened when Moses was a baby? A princess, and that was the Pharaoh's daughter. And then her, his mother nursed him until he was old enough to be on his own, and then she gave him back to the Pharaoh's daughter. And he was raised in Egypt, and then he left Egypt through certain circumstances, and he became a shepherd. What's a shepherd? Does anybody know? Benjamin? Um, somebody that takes care of sheep. Okay, now he, he did that for 40 years. Now that's longer than I've been alive. So that's, that's quite a long time, because it's even longer for you guys, 40 years. So he spends 40 years tending sheep. And if you know anything about being a shepherd, it wasn't necessarily high-class living, especially compared to what he had in Egypt, because he was like the the Pharaoh's grandson in Egypt. That was like as as that's like being um the son of a basketball star would be like today. It's like living a highlight. So he had everything and then he left and he became a shepherd. Well then when he one time when he was out tending the sheep he saw something unusual. Does anybody remember what he saw? Anybody? Yes? saw a burning bush, but what was unique about about the this bush? Because I've seen I've seen bushes burn before. And then after you're done all you have is ashes. What was unique about this bush? Joseph? There were no ashes. It was burning, but it wasn't burning up. And so Moses decided that he was gonna go and he was gonna observe and look and see what is this bush about? So he goes up there, and who talks to him from the bush? Emily? God talks to him from the bush, and he says, Moses, I've heard that my people Israel are crying to me out of their slavery in Egypt, and they want to be delivered, and I want you to go and do that. Now did Moses say, okay, okay Lord, I'll go do that. Just let me... Tell my father-in-law I'm leaving and I'll be gone and I'll go and do what you say. Did he say that? No, he didn't say that. He decided to do something that I would never recommend, but something that I have done a lot of, especially in the first nine years after I became a Christian, and that is he decided to argue with God. And so he started arguing with God and he said, I'm not... I don't speak plainly. 
getting up in front of a group of people, even this guy has probably scared him because he said that he was slow of tongue, which means that it was hard for him to speak. So he said, Lord, why would you send me? Send whoever you want, as long as it's not me. And God responded by saying, who made man's mouth? And God took Moses and he said, you know, I made your mouth and I'm telling you to use it to go and help free the Israelites. Obviously, God knew that it was him that was going to do it, but he chose to use Moses and he wouldn't free the Israelites until Moses decided to go. Well, that's very much like my own story because when I was about five years old, well, just before my fifth birthday, I had a relative pass away. And I asked my mom, did he go to heaven? And I, my mom said, I'm not sure if he went to heaven. I don't know if he had a relationship with Jesus or not. And so I started thinking about heaven and I started thinking about the fact that I didn't want to go to hell and I wanted to make sure that I was going to heaven. So I prayed and asked Jesus to become my Lord and Savior. And it was the best decision I ever made. But for the first nine years after that, I did a lot of arguing with God. And I used to tell God, I used to say, you know, God, if you had made my body healthier, if you had made me able to walk and able to run, then I would be so willing to serve you. But since you made me this way, you can't possibly use me, and so why am I even here? I got to a point when I was 13 where I almost wished I wasn't here. But thank the Lord, he brought me through it. Through, Unfortunately, he used the death of my brother to do it part, part of the way. When I was about 14, I went to a conference, and the speaker spoke on 10 things that you can't change about yourself, but we often wish we could. And one of those was the way God made you physically. Did you know that if you're short, that's the way God wanted you to be? If you're tall, that's the way God wanted you to be. If you have brown eyes, that's the way God wanted you to be. If you have blue eyes, that's the way God wanted you to be. And even if you have eyes that are two different colors, which I know some people in the rare case have, that's the way God wanted you to be. And so that week, when I heard that message, I began to realize that God could use me the way I was, and I committed to letting God use me the way I was. And from that point on, I made a commitment that I would share the love of Jesus with whoever would ask me to speak about Him. I would not be ashamed to speak for the Lord. And I have to admit that I haven't fully lived up to that, but God has helped me. And He's helped me to overcome a lot of obstacles. Despite the fact that I am physically disabled, God has allowed my mental abilities to remain sharp. And last May, I graduated from college um, with very good grades. And um, I have a part-time job that I work um, about 24 hours a week. And I'm looking for a full-time job. And I work in a prison ministry. And uh, I just... I do public speaking whenever I get the opportunity, and I'm prayerfully...
seeking the Lord for where He may lead me in a job and also in ministry. And I've also started praying very earnestly um, for something new, especially this year, that God would provide me in His time and in His will with a godly wife who I could um, minister with through this life. And I know that's another challenge that some people don't think I can meet, but my Bible says all things are possible with Christ. And so I am uh, very excited about where that prayer request may lead, and I'm resting in Him to the best of my ability to see that come true. And so that's where I am right now. And if God can use me, who has spent nine years arguing with God, and he didn't give up until I admitted that I had lost. Because I lost the argument the first time I had it. Because you never win with God. But when I admitted that I lost, that's when God could use me. And I am here to tell you that I don't want to see you waste all the time I wasted. Because God can use you. Remember Samuel? God used Samuel to tell Eli some very important news, although it wasn't very happy. But he used Samuel when he was a little boy. And he can use you as a little boy or a little girl. He's using me now, and I can't believe all the blessings that he's given my life when I finally put it in his hands. So that's just a little bit about me and about Moses. And if you want to read about Moses later on, the story, especially the story that I mentioned, was in Exodus chapter 3. So if you want to look it up in your own Bible, and you get some time, go ahead, look it up and read it for yourself. Because if I just told you a story, then it wouldn't be that important. But when God tells you a story, it's very important. So I want you to, when you think about it, go home and look at the story of Moses and see how you can apply it to your life. Because if God can use Moses, and God can use me, then he can use you too. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think what we'll do is, um, thank you so much. Don't go away. <laughs> um, everybody just stand up. We're just going to take us a little stretch. Don't go anywhere. Just stay stand right where you are. And just kind of stretch a little bit. Okay. Can I touch the ceiling? Oh, I guess only Mr. Duncan touched the ceiling. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess two people. Okay. Good. Everybody can sit back down. Sit back down. Now, you guys have any questions? I'm sure there's got to be at least a few questions. I want you to feel more than free to ask uh, Andrew any questions that you might have. All right. Well? Um, did you become um, or were you born? Well, I was born three months early, and uh, so, you know, most babies, it takes nine months for a baby to come, and I came after six months, so I wasn't necessarily ready to join the outside world in all the, you know, in all the physical ways, and so when I was born, I had some medical problems related to being born early. I had cerebral palsy, and... Uh, so that's what caused me to be put in this chair. And some people 
think of all that and may say, what a tragic mistake. But I know that God knew what he was doing and that that he's using me in this chair and that the day that this chair interferes with my ministry, it will be gone, whether that's sometime in this life or whether that's after this life is over. Any other questions? Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. You didn't bring somebody with you. Oh, <laughs> I have... I was wondering why you didn't bring that. <laughs> I'll explain that. I have a friend... And her name is Lindy, and she is a four-legged friend because she's a dog. And she usually goes with me wherever I go. However, today when I went to um, work, there's there's one lady that works in my department that is allergic to my dog. And so when we both work, I can't, I have graciously, um, I graciously work around her schedule so that she can work and I can work. And so I left her at my grandparents today, and so she'll be there when I when I go there today. I'm spending the next few nights there because I work a lot of days in a row so that I can make the most of my gas money when I'm here. So. Anybody else have any questions? What can you do with a chair? Oh, this is a cool chance because if my back starts hurting, which it often does because um, for a variety of reasons I've had back pain all my life to one degree or another, then I can recline myself just with the touch of a couple buttons. And... I sometimes do this if the sermons get boring. <laughs> no, I, no, I, no, I really don't. But, but <laughs> I think if they put these in churches, pastors wouldn't have anybody to speak to anymore. But uh, yeah, it, it's really helpful. And uh, I used to have a chair with headlights and taillights, but the headlights and taillights weren't very well made, and they came off in very short order. So I don't have that. No. I used to walk to work when I lived in the same neighborhood that I work in, so it was very helpful at that time, but... Oh, yeah, I never walk anywhere, but... (laughs) Are there any uh, special people that God has used to minister to you? Well, my my parents and my extended family, including um, my uncle, and I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here... (laughs) But he really, he really helped me a lot because he really got me started in public speaking um, because he works at Hope Network yeah. and he has trainings that he does. And so he had asked me several times, I think for about two or three years I was going once a month and speaking with Uncle Dan and helping him to train new people who were working with people with disabilities. And he really got me started and interested in public speaking and that started me going to Toastmasters Club, which is a club to improve your public speaking abilities. And then I've gotten various um, public speaking opportunities since then. And I'm looking for more because I really believe that that is a a big uh, gift that God has given me. And my mouth is, is one of the things that works 
pretty much perfectly. My parents will tell you sometimes too perfectly, but um, I think it's a gift from the Lord that I can speak this clearly because I know that there are several people with a similar disability to me that cannot speak very clearly. So I thank the Lord for that. I wanted to know about the ministries that you're involved in, the prison one you mentioned. Is there anything else through the years that you've done? Well, um, I had the opportunity in 1994 to sing on Company Corner for Children's Bible Hour um, with Uncle Charlie. And that was actually just a few months after I made my commitment. So it was really kind of, or it was during that time anyway, where I was going through that phase of needing to surrender myself to the Lord. So that was a great opportunity to kind of start things off. And I'm involved in the prison ministry where we I go into the Kent County Jail once a month with my, two of my brothers, um, Matthew, who's not here, and Bartholomew, who's sitting in the back. Uh, we go in, and I usually preach um, once every other month. And we also sing with them and pray with them and for those who believe, it's hopefully a very good encouragement and hopefully an encouragement not to come back. It's one place where you don't really want to say from month to month, it's good to see you again. <laughs> um, but uh, And then hopefully cer- certain people who don't know the Lord get the opportunity to meet the one who can solve their problems when everything that they're trying obviously isn't working. Um, I am also uh, working on my first book, which is a book that um, is about the biblical role of men that God has laid out in the scripture, how our society has kind of abandoned that, and how the whole society is suffering from the results. And so I don't know what the end result of that project will be, but I believe God's called me to write it. And if three people read it, he'll bless that. And if a thousand people read it, he'll bless that. And I'm hoping that um, I will have a much larger speaking ministry in the future. But again, that's in his time and in his will. So we'll see what happens. Um, I have one more question. And I I think because we're doing Wednesday nights focused on um, different disabilities and how we as people that have unseen disabilities or disabilities, how we, what kind of manners we should have when we talk to somebody that is in a wheelchair. Is it okay to, to just, you know, talk to them or sh- is it, should we be bashful or maybe some things that the kids could be reminded about manners? Well, I think it's a hard one because just like you're, 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 you're your own unique person, I'm my own unique person in the same way, and somebody else who's in a chair or uses crutches, they're all unique people in their own way. And so for me to make a blanket statement about people with disabilities would be uh, erroneous. But I will say for myself, I would much rather have parents allow their kids to ask questions about my disability than just shush them when they're pointing at me. I think it would set, it would be a lot better if they were able to ask. I also allow kids most of the time to pet my dog when I'm out in public. The only requirement that I usually have is that they ask. And so it kind of irritates me when parents tell their kids not to pet, which it is good that they 
it's better that they don't pet than that they pet without permission. But I definitely encourage people to interact with me because if I don't look at myself as normal and if I don't encourage interaction, then what are people supposed to think? You know, they're going to think that I'm strange because I'm not acting normal. So I think my perception of myself goes a long way towards other people's perception of myself. And fortunately, I have a good network of friends, even outside my family, that have been able to look past my chair and, and to give me friendship and encouragement. I just had breakfast with a friend this morning, and uh, we we walked together to the restaurant that I went to, which is real close to where I work. So it worked out, but it is kind of interesting because uh, in the case of people that are ambulatory or can get around by themselves, they can just jump in the car and, and drive wherever they want to go to visit somebody. And I have to do a little more planning because I can't drive. And there are several people in wheelchairs that can drive, so it's not my wheelchair that makes me not able to drive. But it's just one of those things that I can't do, and so I have to work around it, and I'm very grateful for other people that help me work around it, too. You guys, I want to tell you, you're a very good listener yeah. tonight. You did a great job. Thank you for being very good listeners. And um, I'd love to tell Mr. Andrew, thank you very much. You're welcome.